This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 64. We're going to be talking about October financials, among other things, today. I am Craig, and he is... Chris. Chris, welcome back. Good to be here. This, is this two weeks in a row? This is two weeks in a row. It's, you, it's a little while since we've done that, but it's because we missed two weeks in a row before this. That's so okay. It's that's kind true. of really just getting us back We don't on want track. to spoil people. Yeah, no. yeah. We don't want our weekly show to actually... Be weekly, weekly, you know, so we'll we'll be careful about that in the future. Okay, so today we're talking about October financials, and we're going to have some other stuff coming up at the end, a listener question that I will explain a little bit later. It's a good one. Yeah, I I really like it. stick around. Yeah, it's it's one that it's it's actually a fairly common question people ask. And it's one that I I think at the very, very beginning of the show, you know, in the first few episodes, you kind of hinted at this, and then we never really talked about it much anymore, so I'm excited to get to it. Uh, but before we do, I do want to remind everybody to go to hollandassetsllc.com. That's H-A-U-L-I-N, no G, hollandassets.com, or sorry, hollandassetsllc.com. You'll so get it. Talk eventually. about reverting back to the first 10 episodes. <laughs> uh, and please go check out the full show notes for this and other episodes there. You can comment on these episodes. You can submit your own questions. So if you enjoy uh, the Q&A that we have here at the end, uh, you can do that yourself there. You can also find us on Facebook and uh, you know, find the Holland Assets page and submit questions there as well. We hope to see you there. And if you enjoy the show, if you like what we do, please, for heaven's sake, go on to Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite service is and give us a five-star review. All right, Chris, October financials. There are some financials for October, but I've got I've, we've got a new feature that we're going to start putting or including with the um, financial with the episodes. monthly numbers, yeah, that I think is kind of cool. Okay, what's that? And it's it's a visualization thing. So there's going to be if you just go to the show notes for any, any of the one of the um, financial episodes going forward, and even most of them going backwards. I think we're we're adding these in, but uh, you'll be able to see the route the truck took the truck took for the month. Oh, so nice. You'll, you know, you'll be it'll pull up a map of the U.S. and it'll show everywhere the trucks traveled with some not all the deadhead stuffs in there, so you're not seeing. Um, you know, necessarily a, a you know a route will end and then another one will start and and no deadhead in between because you're you're kind of limited to the number of uh, um, routes you can put into the software that we're we're using to do that. But it's kind of cool. It kind of lets you see um, where the truck went over the month and uh, you you look at October's and it shows it going across the country a couple times down into Texas. Um, it's crazy how many how many miles those those trucks put on in a month yeah and it's amazing you know for for safety and security reasons this would be a horrible idea but wouldn't it be fun to be able to track the truck in real time and people could go uh you know wave high <laughs> yeah as it's going down chase, the road. chase mike down yeah, exactly. we, we've had a few listeners do that uh you know chase them down when they've spotted them out on the road so, nice yeah it's, yeah it's what a pleasure to yeah. hear from you guys however you do it so um so that route people can go check that out right now for october yeah. yep so if you go look at the october financials it'll be there embedded on that uh, that web page and what's the web page it chris it's hollandassetsllc.com just look at don't forget episode the llc 64. yeah don't forget the llc or it'll take you nowhere <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I forget the LLC. That's why I got to bring it up every once in a while. Okay, so uh, that's that's a very cool feature. I hope people go check that out. And Chris, as I understand it, you got to finally spend some significant time in the truck this month. Well, I don't know if I'd call it significant, um, but what, significant over 24 for you hours, these days. Si- significant for me 
these days. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So yeah, um, I, I picked up a, well, actually Mike had come back, back into town with a load. He'd been on the road for two weeks straight. And instead of delivering in Salt Lake, this one went up to, uh, Idaho Falls, Idaho. So it's on, you know, yeah, three, three hours. Yeah. A little more than three hours in the truck. But, uh, so I took it up there Sunday night, um, dropped it off at a, at a Winco at like two o'clock in the morning. And then the next day picked up a load from uh, of potatoes and brought it back to, to Salt Lake that night. Very nice. Was it going to five guys? Um, hopefully, cause that's a good place. That's the, uh, the, that's, the, the famous... that's the chain my uncle's got a, a contract with. So oh. I, I constantly see his potatoes in five guys. Yeah, they're good. They're yeah, yeah. The, the potatoes. Anything at five guys is good. <laughs> we should go there right after this. Oh, well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, my, uh, my, I need to be able to fit in a truck diet is going really well, Chris. I don't want you to ruin that. Yeah. Uh, so how was it being in the truck? It was good. It was good to get back in and yeah, it's, it's always good. I think, you know, as an owner of the company, that's something that you just need to do every once in a while, just to kind of stay in touch with it, stay in touch with it. And really, you know, more than anything, stay in touch with, you know, what the drivers have to go through. Cause I, you know, this load, um, it was frozen Turkey for Thanksgiving, sure. um, this time of year, uh, you know, taking that load up there and, you know, I, I was delivering to a Winco and I got up there about 11 o'clock at night. Well, the, uh, one of the drivers earlier that day that had delivered something there had broke one of their docks. So they have three, oh, wow. do- three doors that you can pull into and they broke one of them. Some, one of them wasn't functional and the other two had trailers with no trucks in them. So, um, they had to wait till another one code driver came out to move one of the trailers out of the way so that I could go in and pull in. So anyway, it just made it. So instead of delivering at 11 o'clock, like I was planning on, I didn't get end up delivering to like two o'clock in the morning. Mm. So it's just it's just remembering, you know, some of the the frustrations you have and the things you have to deal with as a driver. All of a sudden, you know, I, I got a couple hours sleep, get woken up in the middle of the night to go move go the truck up. back where it needs to be to get unloaded, and then pull it back forward after they get unloaded. Try to go back to sleep again, and it's just, you know, it, it's it just makes it it's hard sometimes. Yeah, you know, that kind of, yeah. dealing with that kind of stuff, and it, it just makes you, I think a little more understanding of your driver. It's like undercover boss, Chris. You're, you're keeping in touch with the little people, right? <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd say that. But yeah, trying, <laughs> trying to stay in touch with the people who do um, a, a lot of the hard work. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, let's see, you mentioned, uh, I can't remember if it was the last episode or the one before that, that you are looking to buy a new truck. I was curious, how's that going? Um, it's, it's going, but okay. slower than I would like which is, is like most things in my life, but, uh, this is one of your your things, right? You don't want to jump the gun and and get something that, that isn't going to benefit the business, right? You got to find the right truck. You do. And I, and I think we found the right one, got a deposit down on it, haven't closed on it. Um, got a little bit of, of work we need to do with it, like install an APU, but it's, it's getting there. And, and I think over the next couple of months, we're probably going to start seeing some more episodes. I've gotten some more ideas on things I've learned and, additional info that i think will be good over the next couple months we'll probably start to have some episodes that are are geared towards that yeah absolutely okay sounds good well uh chris anything else before we dive into the numbers let's hit the numbers let's do it so how did october go um october was another averageish month averageish yeah Uh, as far as uh total revenue as far as the bottom line what's the most important but no actually with total revenue we had a uh a little bit of an uptick. It was higher than normal. So twenty three thousand five hundred fifty dollars and 
One cent. <laughs> and one cent. And that's one a cent. interest, right? Yeah, that's the interest. Yeah. Yeah. Your, uh, your 0.01% yeah, uh, checking account? Savings account. Savings yeah, account, right. Yeah. Okay. So that that was the total revenue for, for the month. So that's actually higher than normal. You Usually a little closer to 20. And to refresh people's memories, uh, September was a good month. It was The numbers were starting to tick up. Your mm-hmm. rate per mile was doing pretty well. And, and so... Um, so things looked good in September and October, uh, kind of continues that. Then? Yeah, it, it did. Good. Yeah. So the, the all in rate per mile, so total miles ran was 11,694, which is also a little bit higher than normal. Yeah. You're yeah, like we say, usually you're 10 to 12. 10, yeah. 12's on the, on 12 the high, high end. So this yeah. is more on the high end, but yeah, 10, 10 probably a little bit closer to normal. Okay. So a little higher than normal, but that was good. Um, deadhead was again, low. And, and in fact, one of, if not the lowest um, percentages, it was 3.7% of the miles oh, was nice. deadhead. So 443. But I, I want to full disclosure on this. There was one load that we um, dropped off kind of in central Utah that um, we ended up technically deadheading up to Salt Lake for, but we were going to take another load out of that area. But we had a broker that was so desperate to fill a load, he paid us to deadhead back to Salt Lake. So on the and books, so it's not deadhead. On the books, it's really not deadhead, even though technically, you know, we were driving that it distance, not load. loaded, but yeah. we only drove that, that long of a distance because we had something lined up that they paid us to go up there and do that. And, and so that's an, you know, I think that's an indicator of two things. One, the, the freight market's really good right now because most, most of the time a, a company, a broker or shipper is not going to, they're not going to do that. Yeah. They're not going to do that. And, and two, just the fact that the deadhead miles have been this low. And they were really pretty low last month too. Is an indication that you're just not having to go very far to find a load. And so, um, you know, it, 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 the market's really good. We're seeing it in the rates. We're seeing it in the low deadhead. You know, we're seeing it in kind of the desperation of brokers and shippers to move things. So, um, take advantage while it's hot. What did what did we say last last month? Yeah, a lot store of things. away like uh, go go going back to our Bible days. Store away like <laughs> Joseph, Joseph of Egypt. Of right? Egypt. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. it's it's, it's Christmas time to Sunday hoard. school. Be your be your little squirrel and hoard your nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I probably I probably should have said can, that. Huh? Can we get that on a T shirt? <laughs> Holiday assets, hoard your nuts. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, uh, we I, need a store, Chris. We need a merch ruined. store. Yeah, you're ruined for the day now. Uh, uh, Do we need to stop recording at this point? <laughs> Well, am, I, am I bright I red? just learned, I, I'm sorry, this is a detour, uh, <laughs> but we're used to that. Uh, I, I just learned that your wife sometimes listens to the show uh-huh. and I sometimes say awkward things myself. Uh, so apparently last time I, I described a, uh, a, cylind- a cylindrical rubber-like object yeah. that you were that you had strewn on the floor. and Yeah, yeah anyway. trying, trying to describe the airbag and that's not what she had pictured in her mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's good okay all right so hoard your nuts everybody uh chris <laughs> tell me about uh, back to the numbers days on the road was it uh, a typical month uh, as far as those numbers go yeah i think in fact the full days on the road i think we were if i remember right exactly the same 19 i think we had one more partial day on the road this month than last month which was this month was six okay so 19 uh, i seem to remember it being closer to like 22 in a normal month I think 22 total is is pretty. 22 days yeah. on the road total. Okay, yeah, not All right. not necessarily full days. Gotcha. Okay, so, very good. 25 total, which is probably a little little bit higher than normal, but 19 full, six partial. Nice. Now you said the revenue was twenty three thousand five hundred and fifty dollars. 
And one cent. And one cent. Yeah. Uh, and then the miles run was 11,694. There we go. Yeah. I found it. So what does that give us rate per mile? It was $2.01. And one cent. Hey, nice. Yeah, pre- pretty close to last month. So, yeah. you know, north of the $2.00. So, I mean, when you're talking, including deadhead and everything, that's actually, that's pretty good. Yeah. In the first year that you were running, you you had a goal, you had your sights set on 180, if I remember yeah, right. 180 was a, a little higher than our break-even point. So I knew if we could get our all-in rate at that 180, we'd be able to make, um, you know, a, a decent amount of money. So that $2 is it's pretty, pretty good. good. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So yeah, that sounds like a good month. Anything that we want to talk about from... Uh, the other numbers from the balance sheet from the uh, PNL. Um, so looking at the PNL, one of the so le- actually let's take a step back and let's talk about what the full the the net income the profit was sure. for the month. It was two thousand six hundred thirty one dollars and fifty seven cents. So again, that that's where the average is. That's really a, a pretty average month. Um, nothing too spectacular. With with as high as revenue as we sh- had and the rate per mile that we had, um, it should have been a little bit higher. But uh, again. Um, we're running into there. There was quite a bit of uh, maintenance costs and repair costs for this month, uh, right, right around three grand, which is uh, definitely higher than than average. You know, and it's just making me realize more and more why you know the big companies have a tendency to buy new instead of um, you know operating old equipment. Right. You know, you, it, it's one of those hotly debated topics in the industry. Um, and I see why, why, you know, it just makes it more clear why they do that, especially when you've got a driver in it. I, th- I think when you're an, an owner operator, especially, and you're driving the truck, you know, it's, it's not as big of a deal to deal with breakdowns because you're the one handling everything. But, you know, you start to do that with, uh, you know, a, a bigger trucking company. It's just, it's a headache for the driver. It's a headache for the, the dispatcher, whoever's managing mm-hmm. the driver, trying to fix everything and rearrange everything. Um, and just more and more people have to get involved, which means more payroll. And, and it's just, there's a lot of costs that go in with um, managing breakdowns on the road or, you know, managing repairs that need to happen. And I, I imagine there's something that goes into it with uh, the whole idea of you take care of what you own. And if you have an employee driver and uh, you hand them a newer truck, there's going to be less chance for there's going to be less need for constant maintenance and repairs. Yeah. They can maybe drive it a little bit harder. Whereas because you're the owner operator you're and you got this, you got careful. this truck. Yeah. That's you're my baby. baby. It, right? yeah. It's yeah. It may have a half million miles on it, but uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to love this thing. Yep. Uh, so I, I wonder if there's something that goes into that. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Um, okay, good. So a profit of 2,600 bucks. So you're able to put away a little bit for, you know, presumably early next year when things slow down a little bit. Um, you're, you're hoarding those nuts, Chris. Hoarding the nuts. Yeah. All right. Another thing that happened, you know, looking at the PNL, why that profit number was a little bit lower than normal was, um, I do payroll on a weekly basis. So every Friday, is, is when I run payroll. There were fr- five Fridays in, in October. Oh, sure. And so that, that means there was an extra payroll. So the payroll expense is a little bit higher than so normal. sweet for Mike. It's good for Mike. Yeah, he had a good month. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. L- lots of miles and five paydays. That makes for a good month. Yeah, no kidding. All right, very good. Anything else we want to pull out? Um, I, not, not from there. Okay, sounds good. Um, let's talk then, Chris, about uh, the listener question that got submitted. This is a question we got. Oh, oh boy, I lost my... There we go. There's my notes. We got this from, what was his name? Jason. Jason. Jason sent us a really, really great uh, note. We'll get to the actual note in just a second, but it has to do 
with partnerships and investors and that sort of thing. And so you wanted to kind of preface this by talking a little bit for a few minutes about what is a partner, what is an investor, and kind of getting us all on the same page as to what those terms mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times those those terms are really used interchangeably, and, and they're not. They're different. There's There's actually... You know, it may seem like a subtle difference, but they're actually really big differences between those two. And I'm going to throw another one in there, lender. Okay. Because um, a lot of guys, when they're first starting or thinking about starting a trucking company, one of the big um, roadblocks into doing that is going to be the funding for it, right? The money. So, um, you know, one way to solve that problem is to bring on a partner or an investor or a lender. But all three of those are different things. Okay. So what is a partner then? So I actually went in and, and looked these up um, online just to get the actual an actual definition form. So I'm going to read through all these definitions between the two, and then we'll talk a little bit about each one of them and kind of my, my thoughts about them. So partner is either a pair of people engaged together in the same activity. Okay, sure. So it, it's two people engaged together in the same activity, basically. The, the investor is a person or an organization that puts money into financial plans, property, et cetera, with the expectation of achieving a profit. Sure. And a lender, I mean, this is one of those really high quality definitions, <laughs> an organization or person that lends money. <laughs> I, dictionaries are fantastic. Yeah, okay. sometimes they just hit the nail on the head, don't they? But Okay, so as I am hearing... Partner versus investor, that makes sense. There's a big difference there. Investor versus lender, I'm detecting a subtler difference because in both cases, you're you're putting money into something and you want a return on it. Uh, but we're going to get to that difference in just a moment, right? Do you want to dive into what yeah. you, how you think about a partnership? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about partnerships and then the investors and lenders. So, you know, first with a partnership, I, I really kind of like that definition because it's it's both people or people working towards the same goal. And we talked about, um, when we talked about partners earlier on in the episode, we talked about... Uh, I'm sorry, I have to stop you. Chris, we live in the great state of Utah. Do you know the Utah State song? No. It's the worst state song in the union, I guarantee it. Never it heard starts it. I didn't, off going, we have one. Utah, people working together. So there you go. Look All at right. you go. I'm sorry, wow. I, couldn't, I could not resist <laughs> as you're talking about I didn't about know that. you could sing so well. Uh, oh, I got... I. I Man, I got mad pipes. Okay, well, sorry, go as on. As cheesy as this is, it is people working together <laughs> towards the same goal. And and we talked a little bit early on in the podcast, one of the first episodes when we were talking about partnerships. Um, one of the Koch brothers had, I, I'd listened to his podcast and he talked about one of the things they look for in a partnership is a, a good partnership is always going to have three key elements to it. Um, shared vision, shared values, and um, complementary skill sets. Oh, right. So you know, when you think about that in this definition of partner, both people working towards the same goal, that goal is really what your, your vision is. Um, and you know, the key word in this is that they're both working. And I think that's one of the big differences between a partner and an investor is the partner typically is actively engaged in the business. And that's where you've got two people that have, um, uh, skill sets that they're working towards. And, and, the complementing skill sets, I think people oftentimes discount that, but I think that's one of the most important things. You know, I, I look in my business and, you know, some of the partnerships that I've got in my businesses, you know, you don't want every partner being real, a really, really good accountant. 
and nobody good at sales, right? Because right? that that's you, you're really going down one track in one lane, and you, you need a, a broader set of skills. And so you, you're typically going to want to have that one partner that's really good at accounting, one partner that's really good at sales, and maybe you need to have somebody that's good at some other things. But you don't want everybody good at the same thing. So that's that's one of the keys is everybody's working. They've got their different skill sets, and everybody's kind of um, focusing on you know, on their niche. On their niche, and, yeah. And you, you kind of look at it. You hear all the time. You know, I, I know I hear this in the military a lot. You hear it in sports a lot. Is the importence of people staying in their own lane. You know, and and if we relate that to trucking, you know, what happens <laughs> when that truck veers out of its lane? Trouble. It causes trouble. It causes all kinds of issues. And the same thing happens in a business when you've got two different partners and each of them have their own lane that they stick in. If you get one partner moving out of their lane, going into somebody else's lane, what's that going to do? It causes problems. Right. Same thing when, when a truck leaves its lane on the freeway. So it's, it's really important that you have those, those skill sets. And so, um, you know, that, that's, I think really kind of the key elements of that partnership is you've got individuals working together towards the same goals, using their strengths, focusing on their lane based off of their strengths. Yeah. And it makes, you know, it, it really makes for a good business. 100% at the end of this episode, I am playing the Utah State song <laughs> that's happening. Uh, okay. Enlighten us all. So, Even so, us Utahns that have never heard of right. it, which is probably 99% of Utahs. And, and consider yourself lucky. Honestly, <laughs> it's it's terrible. I hope people stick around uh, for it. You're, uh, you're going to get a real kick out of it. It's awful. Uh, okay. So an investor then, as I'm listening to you talk about partners and partnerships, those are people working toward a common goal. An investor, I imagine, is somebody who is putting their financial capital up, but they're not necessarily doing any work for the business. Yeah, that, that's usually the way, the, the big difference, I, I would say. So partners oftentimes will put in money too, but then they're really, they've got something that they're contributing other than the money. When somebody is strictly putting money into the business, they're an, an investor. Um, and it's a very expensive way to get money. Okay, so, and, and this probably gets into the difference between an investor and a lender. Why is an investor so expensive? Well, and it, because they've get they've got an ownership in the business, and so you you take for example, say they've got say you, you go fifty fifty, and and you're the partner. You didn't necessarily put any money up front, but you're going to be running it. You're going to be um, working in it full time. Then you've got the other partner who just strictly invests money. Well, that partner owns fifty percent of the business, so that means when the company makes a profit, that partner gets. Half 50%, of it. Yeah. When you sell the business, if you build this really big, nice business and you sell it, the partner gets or the investor gets 50% of the business. And so if your business turns out to be successful, then you're paying, you've paid a lot of money to that person just for giving you money. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. No matter how well you do, you're, you're not going to escape that unless you buy them out. You're not. And then when you buy them out, it's probably going to cost you. A lot of money. Exactly. So um, it, it's, it's very common in the startup world to bring on investors like that. Sometimes you just can't get around it, but it's usually kind of one of the um, mechanisms of last resort that you want to resort to when you go into starting your own business. So it sounds like maybe a lender would be a better bet in many cases? In many if you can get it. The, a lender is typically going to be your best bet if you can find somebody who will lend you the money. And, and then with that, it's like lending money on a house. You know, you're going to pay a fixed amount for a certain period of time. 
And that's usually what a lender is, is just they want an interest return on that. Instead um, of an ownership stake. Ins- instead of an ownership stake. And so um, that, uh, that that's... Obviously, we've got banks and credit unions that do that, but are there are there examples that you can think of of private individuals just acting as a lender? There are some. It's very less common. A lot of the times when it comes to a lender, if you're getting it from a private person, it's probably going to be somebody you know yeah. who, who believes in you and um, wants to see you successful. And so part of their benefit of, of loaning you money might just be to see you be successful or, you know, help you, I, you know. Oftentimes, you, know, you you look at me in, in my situation. I've had people who've helped me along the way. You know, sure. most successful people have had. I'd argue probably all successful people have had people who have helped them along their way. And and there are times in people's lives when they want to pay pay back, give back. Um, and, and I've seen people do that in, in that kind of way. They they, you know, what I want to see you successful in your business. Here's some money. You can I'll lend it to you. You can pay me, but they don't ask for that high return that an investor typically would. Right. Okay, good. So we've got our three definitions. Uh, do we want to get to uh, the question now from... Yeah, we, we probably should. The yeah. actual question from Jason. From Jason. All right. So do you want to go ahead and, and read what Jason sent you? Um, why don't you read it and All then right. I'll answer it. In my middle people, people don't have to listen to me the whole time. So Jason says, uh, Chris, I hope this email finds you well. I've got a few questions. If I was looking for investors, do you have a guideline on how to go about setting up the partnership? Uh, so there's that thing you're talking about. People use the terms interchangeably. Um, and then do we want to do the second question or do you, Let, do you want to answer let's that Let's answer first? this one first okay, and we'll go to go the ahead. second question. So I, I think first off is you need to decide what you're looking for. Are you looking for a partner? Are you looking for an investor or a lender? And and that's what you first need to decide. And then you, you're going to kind of structure it accordingly. And in a lot of situations, you may have to bring on an investor. And so that investor is going to get um, some ownership in the company. And, you know, one of the things that you really need to do is just figure out, okay, is it a 50-50 partnership where each partner gets, you know, 50% of the profits plus, you know, is it risk for 50% of the losses or is there some other kind of structure in there that works, works really well for everybody? So that's the first thing you kind of need to figure out. Um, and then especially if you're going into a partnership um, type of situation where each of you are going to have a, set, a certain set of responsibilities, I, I would define that you know, make sure it's very well clear in, in, in everything and, and not just talk about it. This is one of the things that, especially, um, when you're working with people you, you, you haven't worked with before, really with anybody, you need to get an operating agreement and sign it. And that operating agreement, you can find boilerplate templates of operating agreements online that you can use to kind of, you know, as, as a template, and then you can change it and tweak it as you need to, but it needs to be in writing who does what, who has ownership in what, how much is that ownership? And, you know, a a true operating agreement is going to say how you can buy out all their owners, how you value the company and, and, and a lot of other things. And, and I would, definitely get one of those yeah i mean it, if you were doing this 1500 years ago in a different part of the world you might be able to get away with a handshake but nowadays that's a, yeah, a it, really it, risky way to do business well and, and a lot of times i've even seen in situations where you you know you may be five years down the road in this business and everybody's memory of of the what you negotiated five years ago is going to be different Yep. If you've got that in writing from the very beginning, you've got a document that you can refer back to and make sure, you know, say, hey, this is what we said originally. We may be on a, you know, we, we may have understood it different or remember it different, but 
you got a document you can go back to that you can refer to. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've, my brother assists in dental practice acquisitions, um, and he says, you know, even when it's a father selling his practice to a son, Absolutely. we write everything down. It doesn't matter. It, yeah. It's uh, just always, always a good idea. Yeah, it's it's a bad idea if you don't. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so get an operating agreement. Make sure you sign it. What else do you want to talk about on this one? You know, another thing that I think is really important with, um, you know, especially with partnerships is it needs to be, and, and investors, it needs to be a win-win situation for everybody. You know, I, I kind of stress this in everything that I do, whether it's working with our clients or working with partners or, you know, anybody else, you want to have a win-win situation. It, it's got to be a good situation for both parties. And and the reason behind that is, is if, if you've got one partner or one person who feels like they're getting the raw end of the deal, it's just going to create animosity and it's going to hinder the company from being as successful as it possibly could. So make sure you get, you, you work out a situation that everybody's happy with. The last thing you want to do is start on a relationship like this and start it off on the wrong foot. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the second question from Jason here is how do you go about finding investors if that's what I end up doing? That's a really good question. And and that's kind of in some ways a hard question to answer. But the first thing that I would do is I'd always start with people, you know, people that you've um, been able to observe in life for a longer period of time. The, you know, I, I kind of think back at my partnerships, the, the only partnership that I've had that really went south and, and I wouldn't, it didn't go south hard. Like you see some of them do, it just didn't work out the way that I would have liked it to. And it was somebody that I ha- didn't know well before we formed the partnership. The ones where I, I was able to, I knew the people I'd seen them in working environments. I knew what they work like. Um, and, and that's how you kind of know what you're getting into and whether you have those complementing skill sets, whether you have that same shared values, whether you have the shared vision. Um, the, the longer you've known somebody, the more you've been able to interact with them before you go into the partnership, the more likely you're going to find the person that you need to be successful. Right. Now, this kind of flies in the face of that old adage of don't do business with family, you know, or friends or whatever. But uh, But you say, that may just be the best way to go. In some situations it is. And and that's where, you know, I would never work with somebody just because they were my friend. That's where you need to, that's, it, it's, it's not necessarily whether they're your friend or a family member or somebody else. It needs to be somebody that you have a, um, intimate relationship with enough that you've been able to observe how they work and, and you know what you're getting into. There's not going to be so many surprises. And, um, so, you know, so in your case, you're not doing business with them because they are family or because right. they're a friend. You're doing business with them because you know them. I know them. Right. Okay. And they're, they've got, you know, what I'm kind of looking for in a partner. And if that's not a viable solution for somebody, if they can't find somebody they know, they don't have that network established um, or, you know, there's nobody in their network who's capable of this, then what would be the next step? Where else would you go? Um, friends of friends, and uh, you know, you you really need to go. It's not like I mean, you could technically, I guess, you know, post a, an ad on on Craigslist or, on or something, Craigslist or something <laughs> like that. I mean, I guess that possibly could be an option, but you really need to be introduced one way or another, whether it's somebody you know or you're talking to people and somebody you know says, "Well, I know a guy that you know that might might be, be interested." And, yeah, and that's where you kind of start a, a really um, extensive, in depth interview process. And, you know, try to find that person that, that, um, you think would maybe be a good fit. 
All right. Very good. One thing that I'd like to say about that, though, is is if you start doing that, um, you're looking for somebody who's proven that they've been able to succeed at something in life. You, you know, you don't want somebody that's, you know, desperate for a job or desperate for something else. You, you really, when you partner with somebody, you need somebody who has you know, demonstrated they have the ability to stick with things, to be successful, to persevere through some difficult times. And, you know, that, that successful thing, in, in today's day and age, people are able to make themselves look very successful when they're not. You got to kind of look through the facade. You know, just because they drive fancy cars or have a really big house doesn't necessarily mean they're successful. It, it may just mean that they're in debt up to their eyeballs and, you know, two days away from declaring bankruptcy. And that's definitely not the kind of person that you want to get into business with. All right. Well, Jason, I hope this answered your questions. Um, we good on those, Chris? I think so. Okay, yeah, I hope good. So. Well, if anybody has any others, then I'll just remind you again, hollandassetsllc.com is where you can go check out full show notes and comment on our episodes. Uh, and we do keep track of those. And so if you have any questions, we will address those in future episodes. I, th- I think these monthly financial ones are a great place for us to uh, hit some listener questions when we get them. So, uh, so keep them coming. Absolutely. Don't forget to review the show. Find us on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure you tell Chris what a sterling example of hosting <laughs> I am uh, so that so that he continues to employ me. Uh, okay. So, Chris, we good for today? I think we're good. That's All right. That sounds like a wrap. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you later. Streets, you can go.